Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And today I'm going to look at that um, extraordinary demographic boom that happened after the Second World War, the baby boom, uh, which saw a, a huge increase in births in the 1940s and continued as a demographic trend um, all the way into the 1950s and 60s. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to look primarily at uh, America, mainly because um, there is a kind of limited scope in each podcast. We have to remember that this was a phenomenon throughout much of the uh, developed world. It just happens to be, perhaps, it's, it's most pronounced in the USA. What's observable is that by 1940, marriage rates in America were starting to um, increase, um, by some considerable margin. They'd been very low throughout the 1930s um, during the Great Depression. Um, people generally had uh, far uh, more precarious circumstances, unable to plan for the future, which I suppose is what getting married is all, all about. And uh, there seemed to be um, little in many people's lives other than the desperation for work. Huge amounts of economic dislocation, people um, moving to find work, um, and also a, a general sense of uncertainty and, and in many cases, hopelessness uh, that meant that people were uh, un, uh, unlikely to consider uh, getting married until economic circumstances improved. And that, in the midst of the Depression, seemed like an almost in, in, impossible um, outcome. So, um, in 1946, 2.2 million couples um, got married, and that was a record high um, for uh, that year, and that record stood for 33 years. So, the marriage rates after that kind of tail off a bit, but um, remain high until the, the early 1950s. There's an explosion of divorces in 1945 to 1946, and that perhaps had something to do with uh, men returning from uh, war, 
having married uh, before they left, perhaps with people that they hadn't known for very long, or perhaps people that they haven't been in relationships with uh, for, for very long, and then returning after uh, four years of traumatic experience and realising perhaps they didn't have a great deal in common. Um, so 1945-1946 seems to be a, a, a peak year for divorce, uh, but the divorce rates kind of tailed off thereafter um, and only really emerged uh, during the 1960s uh, during another period of, of intense social change. And the uh, baby boom is, is something we can see within this, this context. The baby boom is such an important, important social trend for, um, what we're, for the, the period we're discussing because it determines, in terms of politics and economics, everything that happens, or much of what happens in the, the following three decades, when you have this huge, young uh, demographic cohort uh, of people, um, uh, consumers and voters for the future. It has a, a massive distorting effect on the uh, the kind of the middle years of the 20th century. And as I said, this is I'm just talking about America here, uh, Great Britain, Canada, much of Western Europe uh, seems to experience uh, a relatively similar um, burst in um, young people of the in the the forties, fifties, and sixties. Fertility and um, natalism had been an anxiety to demographers, uh, politicians, and uh, academics in America since the 1920s and in most in uh, industrial nations rising living standards urbanization uh, work um, greater um, levels of technology to liberate women from the uh, the bonds of um, housework those sorts of things meant that there were uh, lower and lower smaller and smaller cohorts of, of babies uh, being born and the depression years obviously have uh, an impact here. The um, desire for um, parenthood during the Great Depression was uh, generally very low. During the war, the number of births went up uh, as American servicemen returned home, um, met once again on, on leave uh, with wives, girlfriends, um, and pregnancies happened uh, as a result. Um, but the boom happens... Um, after nine in uh, after 1945, in May 1946, in fact, nine months after VJ Day, um, the uh, births uh, grew from 206,000 that month to 233,452. Um, the the February figure actually, I beg your pardon, is the 206,000. So uh, that gives you a, a pretty uh, important idea um, as to um, what was happening. Um, generally, it looks as if soldiers coming home um, came home to certainty. Things like the GI Bill of Rights and a growing economy made um, soldiers and their wives and girlfriends who had seen them through the war um, view the future with a sense of certainty that they hadn't had during the previous decades. And this would make sense 
in that people tend to make life decisions like having children, and of course not all of these children are planned, but go through with pregnancies when uh, other questions of financial security um, have been answered. Uh, rarely do people uh, choose to um, have uh, or, or are more likely to choose to have children during periods of economic crisis. So there's something about the stability of America in 1945-1946 that makes um, childbirth um, more, uh, more of an attractive option or makes children more of an attractive option. And for returning servicemen, the GI Bill of Rights had created the possibility of social mobility, which had not existed in, in any meaningful way before the war. So the uh, world of home ownership, perhaps suburban life, of uh, entrepreneurship, um, access to uh, study and other um, uh, methods of social advancement were there for returning soldiers. We must stress white returning soldiers. Virtually none of this was available for returning black GIs. By the end of 1946... Um, a record of 3.4 million babies had been born, which was 20% higher than in the, the previous year. Um, and the figures for 1947 were 3.8 million. Um, these had hit 3.9 million in 1952. And then 4 million children every year from 1954 to 1964, when the boom finally kind of tapers off with the introduction of the contraceptive pill. So the um, decade between 1954 and 64, when you get 4 million children born a year, it was again one where there were there was the expectancy uh, of rising living standards because that actually year on year is what happens. There is um, a belief in uh, an almost endless uh, economic boom. Uh, which does end eventually. Um, and so the material conditions for a baby boom existed um, and the material conditions created um, this kind of phenomena in human behaviour and, and reproduction. Birth rates, um, which were uh, live births per thousand um, of the population, had been at uh, 18.4 um, per year in 1932 and 19.4 uh, per year in 1940. It's only a slight increase. The, uh, those raised to 26.6 per year in uh, 1947 um, and stayed at 24 until 1959 and were at 21 in 1964. And it's 1964 that is the, the year where birth rates dramatically decline. And so between 1946 and 64, there were 76.4 million um, babies born. And if you imagine that in 1964, the total population of the United States of America was 192 million individuals, um, by at that point... 76.4 million have been born between 
1946 and 64. So uh, that was two-fifths of the entire population. So a massive, massive demographic chunk is incredibly young. Now, there's something to be um, said for the argument that uh, Americans, after the Second World War, desired a return to um, the normal world of the family. And, by and large, across the Western world, if you look at comparatively at Great Britain and the United States, attitudes in the 40s, 50s and 60s on everything from... Um, uh, marriage, um, childbirth, uh, parenting, gender roles, sexuality, um, are, with a small c, conservative. It was an aspiration of the majority of people to grow up, get married, and have children. Um, the Office of War Information during the Second World War advocated um, childbirth as a way to build up the population um, but some of the um, darker uh, and more pessimistic projections was that the Second World War might last for many many years and that it might wind up being a kind of a war of kind of population attrition the people the, the country with more people were, would win. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, and if you um, imagine... Pretty much that's the basis on which Russia won the Second World War. Um, there was uh, some validity to that view. But by and large, uh, people in um, America in the 1940s were not pre-programmed by propaganda posters and radio broadcasts. It didn't really kind of happen like that. Um, the uh, desire for a kind of a psychological security, uh, a place to uh, feel uh, safe and secure in family uh, amid the fears not of the second world war but of the cold war of the uh, the, the atomic age uh, was another suggestion that was put forward however there's not a great deal of evidence to support that anybody um, had children because they were anxious about atomic bombs marriage and childbirth had been delayed for many people during the great depression and the post-war boom, uh, new employment opportunities and new financial security and stability meant that these people 
before infertility um, came along, would be able to have children. And so you got you got within this baby boom a significant number of slightly older parents. They were accompanied by a younger generation of people who um, were in their late teens or early twenties in uh, the late nineteen forties. They were more likely to marry than the people who had been uh, who were ten years older than them, say, and who, uh, during the nineteen thirties. In nineteen sixty, ninety three percent of women over thirty were either married or had been married, so they uh, divorced. That this was compared to eighty five percent in nineteen forty. So marriage becomes a much more uh, attractive option um, as you get uh, into the early nineteen sixties. Marriage tended to happen at a younger um, a younger age because people were more financially secure younger, so they were more able to um, get jobs, be able to put down a deposit on a home, and so on and so forth. They were in a more of a position to um, uh, to be married um, than in previous generations, um, and the fifteen percent of married women. Um, that had um, remained childless in the 30s um, compares unfavourably um, to the 8% of married women who remained childless in the 1950s. And if you pair things back down to about 8%, that would probably be all uh, or a significant chunk of uh, the women who biologically would have been unable to have children. So we're almost looking at the women who, nearly all the women who can have children, do have children uh, of those who are who are married. They give birth earlier in their marriages, um, with the first children in the 1950s being born an average of 13 months earlier um, following uh, marriage. Um, so people are less inclined to, to wait to have children. And... The, the boom isn't really about large families. Um, the, the baby boom generation uh, wasn't comprised of people with sort of half a dozen brothers and sisters, by and large. Those might be statistical outliers. Um, but it's more to do with people deciding to marry younger. So why are people marrying younger? Again, because the opportunity to do so is there. Um, it's a period of unprecedented material wealth. So when you come back to it, it's always about the economics, or generally about about the economics. Um, so they started larger families more quickly and then had between two and four children on average. The idea that... Um, improved expectations of the future starts to come unstuck when you consider the increase in um, births among uh, black Americans who had no reason to expect that their lot was about to significantly change. Um, Most of the poor black women uh, of America, for example, continue to have higher birth rates, um, not just um, than, well, not than white Americans, but than they would have had during the Great Depression. So the things getting better thesis doesn't necessarily uh, stand. The post-war consumer boom not only led to uh, an increase in fertility, but the opposite is true. 
an increase in fertility, an increase in childbirth, actually created much of the uh, consumer boom and the the kind of the explosion in popular culture of the 1950s and 1960s. Not only were um, manufacturers and retailers full to overflowing with new toys, uh, bicycles, uh, comics, sweets, um, did uh, not only did um, a more youth-oriented uh, TV output create many of the kind of the iconic uh, cartoons and uh, children's entertainment of the 50s, 60s and then 70s, but also markets for labour-saving devices that were necessary in households where there were multiple children, such as um, washing machines and uh, furniture. Uh, the television, of course, had to become a key part of the American home um and um all this fueled uh, mass consumption on ever ever greater levels and of course house building as people's families grew and they wanted to grow to move to to larger properties the desire the need to buy uh, larger cars for for example if you take just the 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 nappy or diaper uh, market alone um you're looking at uh, a 50 million a, a year 50 million dollar a year business by 1957 and in 1958 life magazine ran a headline called kids the built-in recession cure how 4 million a year make millions in in business and this was fascinating it's fascinating how reflective at the time um and how prescient at the time um, journalism could be to actually look directly at what was happening demographically and see it in its economic context. Normally it takes uh, several generations to, to reflect on these sorts of, of things. Each child was seen as um, a mark, an annual market of about $800 a year worth of products. And um, a baby, while still in the hospital, has cost or uh, generated $450 of medical sales or expenses. Um, a child represented many, many years of um, uh, business opportunities. And, and in this light, it's easy to see why it was that uh, youth-oriented culture emerged in the post-war era. Um, why it was that by the 1960s there is a sort of, in, in some ways, rather facile attempt by American corporations and TV broadcasters to work out what it is the youth are thinking and what it is that the youth have to say. One of my favourite episodes of, of Mad Men in about season, season four is where Donald Draper concludes that the answer to that is basically nothing. What we should remember about the baby boom generation is that it's not a generation. It's several generations from the 40s to the 60s, born from the 40s to the 60s. And also, within this generation are um, clear de delineations of social class, ethnicity, gender uh, and religion in some um, parts of America. The baby boom... Um, is more pronounced than in others for uh, demographic, sociological and cultural reasons. Earlier baby boomers born in 1946 
came of age in the mid-1960s when job opportunities were plentiful, when the Vietnam War hadn't shaken the confidence of America to its core. Those that were born, say, five years later in the early 1950s grew up in a much different, or came of age in a, in a much different America, that of the, the 1970s. Um, and just five years separating them, five or six years, um, made all the difference. Um, and they grew up in, in America or came of age in a job market, which was profoundly, facing profound crisis, and then found that they endured uh, a far different decade than that uh, than their, their forebears had uh, entered adulthood in uh, in the uh, the mid 1960s. Imagine those who came of age in the um, late 1970s or even the early 1980s. These are entirely different baby boomers, um, entirely different, and separated by one or two decades from their forebears. So for many baby boomers, the, the world of post-war domesticity and opportunity which they grew into um, is something of a pop culture myth. The, uh, the world of 1950s uh, sitcoms and uh, Lucille Ball and all that sort of thing, uh, probably for a majority of people, uh, didn't exist. And that... Uh, as with every generation growing up in the 1940s, 50s, 60s or 70s, the baby boom was a, a time of, or the baby boom generations experienced social conflict and crisis um, in all manner of, of different ways. So this um, kind of back to the future Hill Valley fantasy world that um, we've created for ourselves, which we'll, we'll continue to pick apart in these podcasts, um, perhaps wasn't the experience of a majority of people growing up in the post-war era in the United States of America. Anyway, I'm going to finish there, and um, I hope you found this useful. Do remember to check out our Patreon page, and if you can sponsor the Explaining History podcast, that'd be great. Uh, and if not, have a great week, and I'll speak to you about this time uh, next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.